0: I was gonna say you do sound more like a radio, like yeah. early morning Zoom show guy. Yeah, you're saying you're saying words like "check it out" <laughs> like a lot, you know, <laughs> <You're> like,
1: <laughs> doing, doing that voice a lot. It's
2: the Friday morning fart song. Yeah, yeah. that's me. Um, like also, I, I th- also
1: have like basically. Um,
2: there's like pedals built so I can do list, like stuff like this Oh shit, this you got cool. pedals cool. for voice changing? Yeah. Well, they're not pedals, it's just kind of like shit that's built in there, baby. Yeah. Oh. Hey, who's who's this guy, Hunter? Who just got on the show here? Oh, I am the devil. Um I'm Hunter's roommate <laughs> like, the devil. You sound hot, the devil? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty hot. <laughs>
0: so how long how long you been down there? <laughs>
2: it's- uh, I've actually always lived in Arkansas. People didn't know that, but uh, huh? the devil lives in Arkansas. I thought you were yeah. in Georgia. No, 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 no. I, he goes I down my... to You Georgia. went down to Georgia from Arkansas. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Down to, yeah. Yeah.
0: The song is not the devil was residing in Georgia <laughs> no, looking yeah. for a soul to steal. Such you know, a he, good point. He, he was right, out yeah. of town. That's why he didn't have the souls, you know?
2: Right, right. <laughs> Good afternoon, Meat Suits. It's your favorite time of the week, or at least it is mine. It is time for Read and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I'm your host, recording from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. My name is Alex, and uh, I have such a great show planned for you, and I'm very excited to do this. Uh, our show, as always, is brought to you by all of our fabulous Meat Buddies, including our newest M-Bud, Allison, who we'll be talking about later in the show. If you'd like to join Allison and help keep us f- limping down the tracks, go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who continues to support the show for some reason. Let me introduce you to the rest of the panel. Um, it's just me and the boys again today. I've got in uh, at Anthony Lopez Part Two on Twitter in Southeast Portland, Mr. Anthony Lopez.
1: Witches.
2: <laughs> witches. <laughs> That's uh, Hey, everyone, just, just. That's what witches say. You know, well, they no, walk around. They're like they're like Groot. They just all they can say is witches.
0: witches. You know, I, the thing is, like, um, I wish more film scores did this. Just subliminally told you what like the monster in your horror movie was.
1: Like through <laughs> it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it a mo- seen, it's a motif, right? Yeah, yeah but not it's exactly, not musical, it, anymore. They imagine, just said the
0: thing. <laughs> imagine seeing like Midsummer, and every like twenty minutes, someone was just like abusive, toxic relationships, (laughs) you know? Or, like, if you saw, it's like throughout The Shining, it was just, like, alcoholism, (laughs) you know? Like, letting you
2: know. It was a little confusing. I wasn't sure if that was in the score or if that's what the witches were saying, because you'd see witches walking by, and then it'd be like, witches! And I thought that's just how they talked.
0: That is an interesting thing I saw someone bring up once about this movie, about, like, the music's so overpowering, but how much of it is diegetic? Like, can the pee... It almost feels Say like... that a-
2: word again? What does that word mean?
0: Diegetic. Like, is it happening oh, in the world? Or okay. It like,
2: That's not, doesn't have to be you gift to pee.
0: No. Uh, but it's like... It almost feels like the characters can kind of hear and feel the music. You know? like because well, there's
2: like, in that first se- thing in the airport, I they're playing the super creepy sounds, and I thought oh, that maybe this was like a creepy thing in the airport, and it wasn't. I
0: um, mean, the, that whole, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that whole striking first image of like, yeah. walking, there's like, the absolute quiet airport shots, and then the reverse, every time the doors open, then the music blares, just letting you know, like, outside of this safe space, something evil looks, it's uh, so such a great yeah. uh, This movie it's is just about,
2: a it's rules. a it's about uh about germany is what that's about um also joining us today rounding out our panel he's at hun bun on letterboxd recording from the woods of arkansas please welcome back mr Hunter donaldson hey y'all what's up yo um, it's it's made. good to have you back. You sound so uh, beautiful and radio-like now. Oh yeah, I'm upgrading stuff right now in my and life. Not even done yet, tones. but I'm in there.
0: I gotta ask you, Hunter, watching um, spooky movies when I'm like out at a cabin or something like that, like, out in the woods, I find um, it really enhances the experience. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, are, yeah. you, are you getting that You know, out there alone, not having anyone around you?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm normally pretty good at watching whatever, you know what I mean? I can go pretty pretty dark or whatever, what what have you. Pretty spooky, you know, and not get uh, spooked myself. Uh, But it's kind of scary just to be here. So, (laughs) like, just in general, uh, just sometimes at night, I'll just be like... I'm just out here, and yeah. uh, there's a lot of getting up in the middle of the night and being like, Is the door locked? And it's like, I've already checked, but gonna check. Do you, have, again. Do you have
2: trees that can scratch
1: on your window panes? Uh, no, not quite that level, but there's just, it's very noisy at night because of bugs, and you forget that bugs are yeah. out there. And yeah. when you live in the woods, bugs at night are just constantly like, hey, we're out here. And so and there's, there's just so kind many of a of constant them. noise yeah, there. Yeah.
0: The Woods is like, going by, you know, like, I base my reality kind of off things I've learned from mo- movies. Yeah. But the Woods is like the top three place I've seen people get killed. Oh, yes. yeah. So like, it's definitely yeah. up there in consideration with I'm not sure what else would even be up there. But yeah, like, old manners, the Woods.
2: Yeah. basements.
0: Basements, yeah. I mean, God, a basement and an old man manor in the woods—that's like oh, no man. good at all. You don't
2: want. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because yeah, before we talk about this movie, we're going to check in see what everyone else has been watching this week. And um I really wanted to talk about Vietnam this week, but because it's spooky season, oh my God, that Alex, reminds me of something like, else that I have to this talk bit about. That you're doing, dude. This bit is going to pay off so hard in three <laughs> weeks. um so, anyway, uh, but it's spooky season, and uh, as I mentioned last week, when you were not here, Hunter, my wife this year has become so spooky. I don't know what happened. We did not; she did not like horror movies, and we'd do one a year, and it was torture. And then this year, she was like, "Can we watch horror movies every day?" And I don't Whoa, know what's happening, but she's yeah. so spooky, and she's into it, and I still don't like it. But anyway, um, so I have to talk about it. it's related to what you were just saying about how spooky the basements in the woods are. So last week we watched Cabin in the Woods, and this week we watched Evil Dead. Yeah, oh, I'm heck, done with yeah. fucking cabins forever. I have no interest in being in a cabin under any circumstances. And you
0: did the first Evil Dead, right?
2: Yeah, we watched the first Evil Dead and uh. I I realized you and you even told me Anthony you're like do the second one. Um I had them switched in my head and this was not the one I had seen before. It was way more murdery than I yeah, it was like uh, much darker and and more intense dreams. than I had remembered
0: trees out there fucking bill cosby and Irving yeah, White yeah, stuff. That, yeah that, man.
2: so so the um i had it's, it's funny then like the, the next day it was the first day it's ever been windy enough in la that the tree outside of our apartment scraped against our window so i'm also done with trees now mm-hmm. uh just completely sick of it but here is my main takeaway from watching evil dead um, and I've made this argument in other horror movies because I'm not really a survivor, but it's especially, I felt like powerful in this one. There's this part where Ash is like cowering in the corner and he's like covered in all of his best friend's blood at the same time. And the evil dead uh, monsters are like, join us, join us, Ash. And I, they were starting to make some good points. Mm. <laughs> like they were really making sense to me. Like I'm not, I, I'm not even in his situation. And I was like, you might give up it might they might be right maybe you should join them cuz like first of all they're magic and he's not right mm-hmm.
0: and like, so like you know- you did read that book, even though you knew you should not have. It's kind of fair. Yeah, you,
2: know? you so you brought it on yourself. Um, but also the things you're fighting, yeah. They're like you have like a great chin and you had a jock friend, although he's now gone too, but like you have no powers and they have magic power. Even before you summoned them, they were doing magic shit to you. Like you you probably can't win. But like, what if you do win? What's your prize? Dismembering well. your girlfriend's corpse. Like, it's not a great outcome yeah and then let's say you even did that you got through that task and then you like fix the magic bridge and you get into town the next day your prize is telling the cops that you had to dismember your four best friends overnight because of tree demons so then you're just in the electric chair
0: yeah i've always wanted one i've always wanted to see a movie that picked up right there Like, opens (laughs) right after the killer is dead, and it's just like the fallout of something like that.
2: Such a fucking great idea. idea.
0: But uh, I—that's why I, I really
2: like- wish I had thought of that because I love that. I'm always—I t- always love the idea of like the like what's the next what's Act Six of like mm-hmm. a, a fucked up movie. And this is the perfect. Like, there's no way you can explain this. Like, there's no way you don't get blamed for these murders and you die. That's and- why you
0: should watch Evil Dead Two because that's like best case scenario. Yeah, you yeah. really
1: need to watch Evil Dead Two because it also I doesn't mean, I have I the saw really a lame time, but, tree uh, thing uh, in the that- middle of it. <laughs>
0: that is like you know you have to chop up all your friends you you know you have this horrible experience the best case scenario is, is you time travel back off. to the middle ages they get a chainsaw for a hand you time travel back to the middle ages it's
2: yeah. really the old the, the best it's the only way out because, out. because yeah. otherwise you just get killed by the, the state and like well here's my but here's my thought so that's okay so maybe that's the best case scenario it's just the rest of your life is fighting these bad guys throughout time but like here's the other option what if you just join them
0: but then you're like, also, what if you'd... like in that for the best deal like
2: which well sure but like all your friends all your sister your girlfriend and your two best friends are all deadites like just get the band back together be dead yeah. with them Hang out, frolic in the woods. The only I think this, this is like how people great. become Republicans. Yeah, basically. I was just gonna say, kinda... this
0: is as you know, the world tumbles towards chaos. It's just worrying to hear Alex <laughs> say,
1: like,
2: <"Look, laughs> don't <play>. like well, <laughs> I mean, I to I, be I, clear, Republicans all my are, not are magic. Republicans. Like, yeah. To be clear, it's a little different scale. I feel I like I
0: don't know. I've seen faith healers before. I don't know what else <laughs> you call that. No, if
2: I if but I saw magic. Faith Healers and it seemed real, I'd be like, maybe we join the magic people. <laughs> like I the only thing it seemed like it was bad about being a deadite in this movie is that you might get hacked to pieces and buried in the woods, but it was by Ash. So if I am Ash and I join your team, we have no natural predators anymore. Right. We so just, so you're telling me you're kind of sympathizing with the Deadites a little bit in Evil no. Dead? No, I'm saying that they're too good and you must join them. Well, uh, not all deadites. Must admit. I, you know. I, I looked it up. I thought they were all deadites, but maybe there's different things. But the also your girlfriend, you can just join her and be part of it. Like that's a big part of it. Like if your girlfriend turns into a Republican, I think maybe that's part of it. Like you're just like, let's go do Republican things. You could have crazy demon. sex I feel sex like you're laying some groundwork down here to yeah. like explain. No, a I, I, that was later. all. That was all Anthony projecting onto me. I'm saying I would be a demon to have demon sex if my wife was also already a demon, and if my choice Aww. was cut up her body or join her. It's actually kind of sweet now that I think about it. Thank you, thank you, and better than the electric chair, right? Yeah,
1: I. I all right, you you got me. I'm into
2: it. All right, we're becoming the Evil Dead together. I was not expecting that to work so well. All right. I let's...
0: mean, best case scenario, if you're going to get haunted by a ghost, it's Alex Falcone. You know? Right. Because <laughs> you're right. not really going to be, you're going to be very apologetic for the scare Oh my God, I'm be
2: the worst scare. fucking ghost. I'm going to be like, are you, are you not going to put some water in that cereal bowl you just put down? It's going to, you know, it's going to be harder to wash later. Like, I'm just the yeah. worst, worst passive aggressive ghost. Isn't it your turn to do dishes? Ooh. <laughs> just the worst. Uh, excuse me sorry didn't mean to get into do wanna... that's another great idea for a horror movie is just kind that's of an incompetent game,
1: you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun too man you guys are having these great ideas for movies um, um, Hunter you've been um, I assume spooking it up still because that's what you mentioned two weeks ago are you what, what else are you watching
1: uh, well I'm, st- I'm gonna stick with uh, my theme has been that I've been playing games because I want to talk oh. about a game I could oh, okay. talk about a movie but I want to talk about a game because uh, a game? Uh, so this game is called it's it, it's actually this game is a little spooky but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this this is probably the most out there game I've played in a long time and thus far I'm really loving it I'm not finished with it but it's called Paradise killer um oh. and it is on Nintendo switch and I think something I think it's on PC but um very weird game uh you play a detective but you live the world that you live in is like it's almost like um a, a future where we have become a part of the internet. Um, okay. All but right. also... The good
2: part or like the bad part?
1: Um, uh, the all, all the parts of it. Mm. Um, However, it's also like, it's like we've become a part of the internet, but now there's like a, a religious aspect to the internet, or maybe religious isn't the right word, uh, almost like a mythological aspect to the internet, where essentially... um everyone in the game is like has some level of divine like power um but also the game is essentially about a murder mystery which is kind Ooh, of odd like fun that these people have like mystical powers but also um there's been a murder and you have to solve it well, and a lot of the like,
0: like stylish the game has a real cool look
1: it's, it, oh then. my god the look yeah. is amazing it's beautiful um it looks like uh i don't know it has like kind of a like city pop like sega uh like 2000 sega kind of uh oh, aesthetic yeah. to it. Like, so, it looks like sonic adventure um, <laughs> and in a good way not in a bad way like it looks like sonic adventure in a in a cool way which is i i've never ever played a game that made me feel
2: that way i guess um it looks like a dating simulator
1: yeah, so it, it it is genre wise, it is uh, definitely that type of game. You you play, uh, you you spend a majority of your time like talking to people. Uh, um, okay. but it, but it is yeah yeah. I, I if if that turns you off, I mean I will say that's not really my genre of game. It's got to be something exceptional for me to like that. Like something like um, like if you liked Dream Daddy, I bet you could get into well,
2: this. I was gonna say it looks like I mean this is not a genre I know a lot about, but somebody paid us to play Dream Daddy a couple years ago. And uh it was super fun, and actually, I was going to say actually the um the idea of uh a game where you walk around and talk to people sounds kind of nice actually right now. yeah, it sounds kind of un and I appreciate yeah. that.
1: Well, I would say it's like dream daddy if every if everyone you talk to is a part of some sort of weird internet religion that you don't quite understand Oh. but also you live in the internet too. Uh, I don't know so it's the like characters. Um, not, not quite. This game is almost impossible to explain now that I'm thinking about it, which is, I think why I wanted to bring it up to just kind yeah. of be like, Hey, it's, uh, really wild. And I would encourage, uh, anyone who's even sort of curious as to what I might be describing, uh, just look at a YouTube video. Cause this game is uh, beautiful and br- it does this really crazy thing where the environments are like 3d and it's a first person game. So you like walk around in between these conversations that you're having but all of the characters are two dimensional but it's in a 3d huh. space so everyone just looks like wild as heck and it doesn't even really make yeah. a lot of sense but then the um kind of murder mystery aspect of it is like super concrete which is odd like it's like it's like you're flying around the internet and doing all these crazy things and then it's about like you know, like, whoa, this door, wait, the door was locked. So how did they get in there? And it's like, what do you mean, how did they get in? We're like in the internet and doors <laughs> locked? Like, what are you talking about? It, yeah. It, uh,
2: it's like, it's like when it, it gives you an age gate. It's like you have to be 21 to visit this website, but you don't remember what year you're born in.
0: Right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like if Dorio Allegento made a video game.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I like, it's it's so, so really beautiful 3D world, but with two dimensional characters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that. they
1: are literally two-dimensional. Yeah. And 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 two dimensional characters that are really, really wet and wild. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say that anything about this game is like grounded, okay? So it's it's all pretty out there. And it's it it's, it's very fun, fun if you're You've open sold to me. it.
2: All right. Paradise Killer. Um Anthony, what have you been up to this week?
0: Uh so uh, quarantine is kind of like kind of finally a broken something in me i thought would never happen um <laughs> but you know kind of like bef- this is kind of going on for a few weeks i'm ashamed to admit it mm-hmm. uh but i've I finally have i've watched doctor who uh oh. and i've always been someone who was just like you know what god, go and go with god i'm glad that's ha- good for you people uh i don't care it's just not for me uh, uh-huh. but because of you know like the never-ending strife in the world and trying to watch stuff that's like kind of positive and uplifting and there's a lot of it like we were kind of talking about this with Stogate last week of this idea that there's something that there's you know like 12 seasons of something I can watch yeah. uh just to kind of like just put something on in the background and have something nice kind of go uh and my wife was starting a rewatch of it anyway so I, I stuck it out and I've watched it I've done what we've done like the first six or seven seasons in the past few Jesus. weeks uh i mean now is this like,
1: the new the new starting in 2005 or is this yes. like are this you guys the one part that has the the no, um prince doing, from
2: Eng, the english king what from the um what's his name the uh matt smith is this the one with smith matt smith Matt's, well he's
0: starting uh, in he 2005
1: actually, it starts
0: yes. with eccleson yes so we started with eccleson and it's actually kind of fun to sort of loop back around to sort of like a Sherlock talk. Uh, he guitar. plays
2: Prince Philip in uh, The Crown, and I've never watched Doctor Who, but I've seen him in The Crown. And so I think of him as a prince, but other people think of him as the doctor hanging yeah. out with the queen.
0: Well, he's he is, does actually hang out with the queen a few times in Doctor Who.
2: But, oh, yeah, okay, perfect.
0: Um, so, you know, kind of there, But yeah, it's it's been interesting. Like I said, it's nice and fluffy. I don't know if I actually really like it as much as it's like something to pass the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it is kind of like going back to what I was saying, just saying about like, we were talking about Sherlock a few weeks ago. And uh, I was just going to ask, is
2: this the part where um, Moffat ruined it for everybody?
0: Well, I just think that like, especially like him under the control of another showrunner, he did some of like the best work of like the early Doctor Who seasons. But like watching those seasons, I was just kind of like sort of getting into it and I, I was enjoying them enough, but I didn't really love them or anything but now that that i got to the stephen moffat run seasons i didn't know how fucking good i had it uh Uh, in the old seasons uh so he's
2: (laughs) he's perhaps one of those artistic people who is like really good as a partnership but as an overall when when no one says no to him he makes bad decisions yeah exactly it
0: that's exactly yeah it's just like once you get into like his run it really highlights and helped me articulate a lot of like kind of, like, my issues with his writing and, like, what kind of pit me off about Sherlock was, like, the the smug self-satisfaction to it, the, like, very lazy, like, cutting corners and doing just really, bad, unearned storytelling. And just, like, his stuff is so, like... He just tortures the companions, like, in a way I couldn't imagine the earlier seasons doing. Uh, I'm still kind of going through it because, like I said, it's just fun to, like, Put on an episode or two a day,
2: um, but it's- Hunter, is that your same complaint about Moffat? Because I, 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 I don't want to like go too far into this, but that the time when I mentioned that I'd watched Sherlock and you guys were so mad at me was a was a, <laughs> a, this is a tender memory. Uh, yeah, i I felt I felt very strange about that. Bringing up a yeah. thing that I thought people liked, and then to be like the way you were talking about it made me feel like Stephen Moffat had like killed a bunch of people and I didn't know about it. Well, yeah,
1: but okay, so, so my experience is different from Anthony's because I was a fan of, so if you were a fan of Doctor Who before the Matt Smith era, um, then the way it worked was Stephen Moffat wrote all the really good episodes, um, before he took over the show. And then when they picked him to take over the show, it was like, oh my God, this is awesome because like he's the, he's the best writer they've had for these last uh, three or four seasons or whatever. Actually, it's three seasons, I think, um. But uh, so it was really exciting. Right. And then I kind of like as things went on, I kind of realized that I don't know, it's like he kind of tricks you a little bit. He does a storytelling trick where he suggests something really uh, that's really intriguing uh, that makes you feel like, whoa, this is going to pay off in a way that is very exciting. But then it never really pays off. It just kind of I don't know, he just kind of does like a logical Flourish and just says, like, I don't really have to bother with that. Or or it's almost like there's almost like a contempt to him where it's like he kind of looks down on you for ever having been excited about the thing that he suggested might pay off in the future. Uh And that feeling of animosity that I think builds the more you liked him before. So, like, I loved him and then fell out of love with him in a hardcore way, and also like it's Doctor Who, so like it was a pretty. I mean, I loved the uh, David Tennant run a lot, uh, even though there's a lot of weird stuff in 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 those episodes as well. As far as like you know, Russell T Davies was like a really really goofy guy, and there's a lot of goofy, crappy episodes in there. But Stephen Moffat, there's just this like this trick he pulls off that I can't I I can't stand anymore. I've experienced it for like ten years. It's not like. A one off thing.
0: To me, a lot of my pro- complaints with him are the kind of the same complaints I have with like JJ Abrams, where he's just like his style is like you have everyone talk really fast in very intense ways. It doesn't actually matter what they're saying, but we're just gonna like keep the energy doing, do go do whatever is the most exciting in the moment, but not worry about whether it like ties together as a whole. It's also, like, J.J. Abrams, it's this, like, his 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 run on Who, especially, uh, and you see this with Sherlock, it's like, he makes Doctor Who the most important figure in the history mm-hmm. of the universe, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it used to just be, like, this charismatic weirdo goes on these odd adventures. But it's like, everything is tied together about this one, you know, self-insert character that he makes the Doctor and it just becomes very like like, hero
1: worship type yeah. stuff. It's like, here's this guy and he's so, he's just so perfect.
2: Yeah. And do um, you know, feel that for uh, sure with, with Sherlock, where it goes from being a guy who solves crimes pretty good to being like the biggest superhero, the most important human on the mm-hmm. planet. Everything that's ever happened has gone through him or his family. And it, it goes off the rails. And that's one of the things I wanted. I was thinking about talking about that one time. And then instead, uh, it was just about how uh, big of an idiot I was for watching the well, show. No, I but
0: mean, so, like the thing with <laughs> Sherlock, because it has like shorter seasons and the longer episodes, like the thing that I've I've always been cause I, I watched like the first three series of it. But like the thing that has blown my mind is the consistency of like each season is like one has one pretty good episode one middling one and then one episode that's one of the worst most embarrassing things i've ever seen put on tv like uh-huh. in the first season it's the one with like the asian mysticism that's really like offensive and like lame and then like the dog one in the second season it's just yeah, like, the
2: dog one's pretty bonkers he um, always
0: does that and it's and I, no, I, I, I mean that, i guess- want
1: before we get away from this i want to take some time to mention that the the like, relent- I mean, this has been like talked about to death on the internet, but like the way that Moffat deals with female characters uh, has, I oh, feel like he's yeah. kind of showed his hand of being like, at like borderline problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the relentless like queer yeah, baiting I mean, definitely, in yes. both shows, honestly, yeah, yeah. is ridiculous. It's, yeah. and it's so, it's obnoxious.
0: Yeah. I mean, that yeah, is I mean, that's to a, me Yeah, yeah that's something that the the doctor, definitely doctor. drove me
2: crazy with Sherlock. Yeah.
0: The thing that, like, in his Doctor Who run, my thing that is, like, the most bothersome for me is just how much he tortures the companion. Like, the, it doesn't seem fun to be a Doctor Who companion. No. Just, like, <laughs> it used to be, like, yeah, it was a little dangerous, but it was fun, it cool It be adventure. a good job
2: if you can get yeah. it, you know? And
0: now it's just, like, every week you're being, like, violently murdered and the universe is being rebooted, rebu- like, rebooted, like, six times already uh, you're just constantly crying and in pain, and it just like it's—it's it's kind of so like absurd. fridging,
1: but they, but he doesn't actually kill the person. It's just like yeah. they're just like an object of torture. Yeah, but he always, will just out the stakes.
2: He will. Yeah, there's definitely them. some of that in John Watson too. Yeah. yeah. I so this is I, I appreciate us actually getting to go into this a little bit more. This was really helpful for me because I because we did finish the series a couple weeks ago, and um, I have always felt like there's some in that series of Sherlock, there's some of the most brilliant television I've ever watched. And also, I mostly didn't enjoy it in in hindsight. And I wanted to explore that. So I'm glad we got a little bit of an opportunity. Well, to it do is to me, it, like, right.
0: I, like I said, very J.J. Abrams-y, where it feels yeah. like a trick, like what Hunter yeah. says, where it feels yeah. like, at the time, it's just like, flashy things and it's constantly moving right it's just like yeah. everything's happening so fast and you think there's going to be like a big payoff and something that makes it worth it at the end and then he just like swerves it to like well next week you'll find out why it was all worth it you know right did
2: you like, so last question on this before we started talking about the movie since this is related to what we're gonna be doing next week but did either of you watch his new um dracula show this year no I, Okay. It, I it doesn't sound like it. you'd be interested in it but i haven't i didn't actually hear about it until just now when i saw it that he I've, had a netflix bbc short uh, um uh dracula show i've
0: heard it's fucking bonkers and uh-huh. uh people who really love his work really like it people who don't like it don't so i did not right. wasn't high on my i, I,
1: I want to say I, I got a positive thing i want to before we get away from dr who talk because this is you know who knows if i'm ever going to get this opportunity again have you seen the episode that can, Neil Gaiman wrote? Bring it yet. up
2: whenever you want. Yes, you can bring it up whenever you want, buddy. Yeah. yeah. We
1: got, did, did you like that at least? Because I, I, I love that episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's good stuff in the in those like kind of later episodes. Like I do still like I'm enjoying some of it. It's just like the big mythology episodes. It kind of has like the almost like the problem with the X Files at a certain point. Where it was, like, you know, it used to be, like, I'm very excited for, like, the mythology episodes, and, like, I really liked the, like, you know, the one-off Monster of the Week episodes. But at a certain yeah. point, I just started dreading the mythology episodes, and I was like, mm-hmm. just give me a Monster of the Week. I just can't take this, like, overwrought drama and, like, this nonsense that's happening with the main characters, uh... Just-
2: this is exactly how I felt with with Sherlock that I wanted to talk about last time when I because what I brought up was like the way of making a sh- a show that is basically just three two hour movies every like four years is so different from doing like an ongoing twenty episode season and what I actually like is like a really clever guy and his cool friend solving some crimes um, yeah. and I like a little monster and if you but if it's got to be two hours it feels like it has to be so much, it, it, or at least it gives him room to be so much more bonkers than I actually want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's a weird way to make television. That was the original thought that I had. Is I, I would, because that's the thing with the series, the, like the books, which I've read a lot of the Sherlock, uh, original Sherlock Holmes stuff, is it's just like, some of them are like three pages, some of them are 10 pages, but you just go on a little adventure, you solve a little thing. And then it'll be like, oh, I haven't spoken to John Watson in 10 years. He's married now. But anyway, we went and found out who it turns out. It was these six Mormons. Who even knew? And then you like go on do another little crime. It's really fun. Uh, and I liked I would I would be more into that version of Sherlock. And there's more of that in the first couple seasons before it goes so insane.
0: Oh, yeah. Before it becomes like people battling in mine palaces. Yeah. And, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> All, All right, we're going to move on is- now. It's, it's getting it's getting it's getting sarcastic, and it's not as fun for me. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this week's movie. Um, so this week, yes. <laughs> this week we're talking about the 1977 film Suspiria, written directed by Dario Argento and starring Jessica Harper and uh, the Black Queen. Um, this is selected by Anthony. Anthony, we were talking mm-hmm. about doing a spooky movie. You'd been wanting to watch this. Hunter was immediately enthusiastic. Why did you pick this for us?
0: Uh, well, you know, like, like you said, we're looking for something for Halloween. I thought it was very interesting because we especially we already did the film Halloween just a few weeks ago. That mm-hmm. this was, you know, like a few years before that uh this is a classic i've never seen i have i'd have definitely have a real like um blind spot in my film history for like you know this like italian jollo and supernatural horror films that like were being made in this era uh this is a classic i've always been always really wanted to i'm see. gonna
2: say by the way also that's a blind spot for me although my I, i'm more like driving a tank where it's like mostly blind spots. Like you can see just out of like the very (laughs) small straight ahead. uh, That's pretty much, it's a very small window and the rest is blind spots. So this is one of my 350 degrees of blind spots.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at movies like looking through a telescope backwards,
2: you know, (laughs) you kind of just see the, The smallest. I meant that I have not seen many of them, but you're also making it seem like I see them wrong. Somehow,
0: I meant it it the same way that, like, if you look at, uh, if you had, like, um, I imagined a space that was every movie ever. We'd all be having, you know, looking through a telescope backwards. But I definitely have have this blind spot here. Um, I, I've, uh, I thought this would be fun to do. I was really happy everyone else was. I don't know. I had never seen this. I'm not sure where you've
2: seen it before.
1: Um, it's, so it's weird. I saw the remake when, the, oh, when it yeah. came out there the remake in 2018.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Saw so in theaters, um, liked it, had some problems with it. Uh, but I, and I only knew vague stuff about the original and this is my first time to watch the original, which is He's, kind of yeah. maybe a weird direction also, to come
2: in. So the, the, the remake is not Italian. No. Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well,
1: I mean, it's a Hollywood movie. I think the director it is okay. Italian.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, that's what I was
0: Tom, wondering. Who, yeah, they got Tom York to do the score for it, which I thought was pretty good. I, I don't think it. I uh, can't imagine it's as good as the Goblin one, but uh, I, I didn't.
1: It. I didn't like it as much, even though I liked Tom York quite a bit, yeah, especially like the it. idea of him doing a like that that well, thing he did maybe a year later that was kind of similar was much better.
0: Well, I was the, thinking about this about how like we I wasn't sure who had seen it and who had not, and yeah, no. it's it's almost the type of thing that as the world and technology and viewing becomes easier and more accessible and quality gets better. Like I'm almost kind of glad I waited uh, this long to see Suspiria because I could imagine like if I had seen this, you know, 15 years ago when I was younger, imagine like, I know people who first saw this on VHS, right? And I can't imagine what that, uh, the effect of this movie is being able to see this in 2020 when there was a 4k transfer done just a few years ago Uh, on like my nice tv with like a really good sound system uh because i this is definitely the type of movie that i think like seeing it in like the clearest version you can on like you know all the lights off. Just let it kind of wash over you and take you in. It's, it's
2: yeah, especially I think because the visual of it and the sound of it is so much more important than what actually happens. Oh yeah, uh, I mean the the, the
0: the lighting and the music should be first and second bills Yes, in the yes. credits for this movie, I, I think uh, you're exactly
2: <laughs> right about that. Um, let me, for those of you who have not seen Suspiria, though, let me give you my trademarked four sentence summary. Now. Um, oh.
0: I want to talk about th- this one say this like we talked about last week about you yeah. extending this but yes. I feel like this is an odd one to do it on because you're not going to need those four sentences you can do well, so, this movie well, so you'll remember so what happened one.
2: was um, I had gotten uh, a couple of notes one that, like, word. the three <laughs> sentence summary was um, <laughs> the three sentence summary was like a little too short and people wanted a tiny bit more um, like actual background because we're going to talk about it for an hour or whatever so I made it five sentences last week and then this week I just didn't need the fifth. Um, Mm -hmm. I could do it in three, but this gives me more room for jokes. So I'm going to see if maybe four is the correct number. Also, five felt like too much last week. Five did feel like too much. I feel like maybe four-sentence summary is the key to any movie. Let's see how it goes. All right. So here's my four-sentence summary of Suspiria, 1977. Susie is an aspiring American ballet dancer who arrives at a famous but creepy German dance studio just in time to see one of the dancers run out muttering secret passwords into the darkness where she will surely be stabbed to death. A bunch more suspicious stuff stuff happens after she moves in, including a maggot party and a guide dog guiding its blind owner down to hell. So she visits the exposition doctor who explains that the dance school was started by a famous witch with sleep apnea called the Black Queen. And if you kill the head of the witch, the whole coven dies. Susie goes back to school, decides to investigate behind the door marked witches only do not enter. And she manages to get through using the password she heard that night. Upon entering the chamber, she finds the Black Queen's sleeping chamber where she recognizes the snoring of the witch due to her lack of a CPAP machine. She stabs the and she stabs the queen in her invisible neck, destroying the coven, and also her chances of ever becoming a famous ballerina. That is Suspiria. Nailed it. The and um yeah. So that that's the movie.
0: Honestly, that was more plot than the real movie. Like I was will- <laughs> I- <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm glad you guys agree with me because this seems like the feels to me like the sort of thing that I would say and then you guys would roast. But I know it's true. That's very true.
0: I mean, this movie, like the story is, you know, it's like very purposely trying to be like a simple fairy tale. Like Dario Argento has said a lot that this is like his biggest influence on this movie visually and like story wise was like. Walt Disney, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, like it's, it's like why it's like designed to look like this. The films. I mean, I had never seen this before, and I was just amazed by like the the way this film draws you in. It's very like I love. I'm a big David Lynch fan. We talk about that a lot on this show, and like this is such a good movie to like describe like dream logic kind of stuff, and just letting the movie sort of wash over you mm-hmm. with the visuals. It's too-
2: the can i then is it am i allowed to be disappointed by that
0: i mean you're allowed I mean, to be I disappointed in yeah. anything yeah <laughs> well yeah
2: okay but are you going to be mean to me if i'm disappointed like here's what i feel is like i i liked i liked it so much that when it didn't have a little bit more meat on the bone i was a little disappointed i feel like especially like the ending is just so like she finds the witch and she's like Well, the witch sir has all been leading to this moment. Stab the end. Yeah, like it just (laughs) it ends so okay. So I'm not okay.
0: I mean, no, I mean, like I. It's fine to not like that. I personally, I like it because it feels like uh, it's just so abrasive and sudden. Uh, And like this, this story is over again. It goes into that fairy tale, like Hansel and Gretel push the witch in the oven, and then they go home. That's like. Yeah. But if you were
2: writing that wouldn't you make that scene a little longer? If you're just writing Hansel and Gretel, you'd like wouldn't you take some have some take some time, have some fun with I mean, it? I'm actually, not sure it's the length
1: of the scene so much as it's maybe the the simplicity of the plotting, right? Like cuz in the scene like right before like the thing I mean, I did not have the same problem with this movie, but I I get you. I I see yeah. where you're coming from. Because like what? Like two scenes before that, we literally have a professor that
2: explains the movie yeah, that, right that like he's, right. he's
1: like here's what you need to <laughs> the do exposition the exposition professor is
2: my least favorite part of this well, uh that was a I, little bit yeah, hard the, for but me but that's the
1: thing is the movie doesn't care about that like yeah. that's the thing that's 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 why i don't mind this this movie reminded me a lot of uh uh actually i think you've seen this alex the japanese movie house do you know that movie
2: yes with the yes we saw that for the show
1: um yeah so it reminded uh, me a lot of that. Actually, it came that out the just same like, year, kids, right? Right, right. It's a haunted house. It's a Japanese movie. Haunted house has beautiful like backdrops. They made these like painted uh, yeah. backdrops, and then like had people stand in front of them, and they're just and it, it, it's like a painted sky that they're same, using as the backdrop. Same year as this movie, nineteen seventy-seven. And and honestly, it's a lot of the same appeal, in my opinion. And I I rank House. I rank this movie and House higher than I believe that they should be ranked because I like this shit. I just yeah. like the kind of midnight movie cult huh. vibe where it's not necessarily, the plot is functional. Okay. It's about getting us to cool moments. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, it's, I think that's like, you know, if, if I'm going to see, you know, like a big Marvel movie or something. Yeah. I want all these plot elements that you're talking about. Right? I want that to be straightforward down the middle of the plate. Nice. Nice tight storytelling, right? But but with something like this, or like filmmakers that aren't trying to do that, they're purposely trying to like do something else, and they're trying to like put you in a space and just kind of like show you something you haven't really seen before, and like I do think that this movie, because it feels so much like a nightmare, like a living dream, and like that's why the ending being so abrupt works for me, because like you wake up from dreams, they just stop you know? Yeah, that's fair. This this movie has, like, the way the logic works out to me is, like, it's very dream-esque. That's what I think is so interesting about the the exposition scene. It's funny, but it's also, like, it's shot so flat and plainly in, like, broad daylight with none of the flair. And then, like, it's this moment of, like, sanity and normalcy, like, sandwiched between, like, this chaos and the style and
2: uh, that to me and because of that i actually feel like that felt that felt more insane i felt like the the logic established in this movie was one thing and then they're like now we're going to go over to this place and it has nothing to do with anything else and there's no consequences anyway but just like oh hey here's a crazy guy who knows what's happening and then he's like and then you go back I do love that she goes to see one guy. He's like,
0: "I think you're crazy. Witches don't exist." Look, Steve. This Steve knows all about this shit. Steve, come over here and talk talk (laughs) to this lady. I don't want to deal with this. And Uh, then Steve
2: was just like, "Oh yeah, witches are real." Let me tell you all about it.
0: Finally, someone wants to hear about my
2: witch theories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I mean, I'll, I'll give you this. Have they found a way to knit the exposition into? the movie proper as in like the, the fun visual storytelling that was going on, not even just visual storytelling uh, because most of the time it isn't, you wouldn't even quantify it that way. Just like the fun lighting. They Mm -hmm. had found a way to light that professor great in a weird, silly way with like a green light right on his face. (laughs) Uh, Would it be a better movie? Yeah, probably. Do I care that much that the movie stopped for about a minute to just kind of Do a little bit of setup
2: and then get back to the fun thing. Eh, I don't mind. So okay, so that's exactly that's that's the heart of this for me. Is I'm like, is it weird to want it to be both? Is it weird to want? Because I like, I feel like I get that same dream logic and all of the things that I love, and then just like the amount of because we spent longer dealing with like building up to where the maggots were coming from, and the Mm -hmm. answer was spoiled food. Yeah, and like.
0: Though. I mean, who well, knows? That's
2: well, sure, who knows? But we could we the... could have spent that much time with her and the witch. Like we could I have felt for, like for the genre we're talking
1: about, and, and I when I say genre, I don't mean horror. I mean like the specific type of movie that we're going for. I don't know. I I, yeah, I feel we... like like this is like the same genre that I would put like maniac cop in. You know what I mean? Like I'm I am do not know, it, maniac cop. Well, okay, just or even the slasher films that I mean this is a little well, no, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't, this I is a horror. Uh, out, this
0: is a. I mean, like, so, like, this you got to think. This is an Italian low budget, a guy who's never made a horror film like this before. The whole way, like, Italian movies were being made, and like Dario Gento's films before this were like, you know, very, very stylized. They're not like it's okay to like want something more. Kind of going into your question of like, is it okay to feel this? Like, yeah, but I also think that like. With a movie like this, it's best to like take it on. Like, this is what he was trying to do was just create like an atmospheric piece. And also, so many he was, he was that, so much
2: like, better than just an atmospheric piece. I felt like the pieces of the puzzle he built for me were really good. Yeah. I mean, all the I so I guess I'm, I'm sort of mad then that it because like a slasher movie would have less of this amazing like the yeah be a, really,
1: yeah I, I'm it's wrong to liken it to that because this is so much more imaginative the the
2: than just like the, a guy with the a knife. Blind piano player. Okay, so there's this blind piano player in the dance studio who is uh randomly murdered by his dog because a gargoyle flew over them and that seemed like a cool thing. And it seemed like, oh, he must have done something to make the witches mad, to make them send that gargoyle to turn his dog against him and eat his throat and heart disgustingly in the middle of the square. When before that, he's been a good dog. Mm-hmm. So that that whole thing is so interesting that it feels like they might have a reason for it. And it, then they it, don't. They I do.
1: think I kind of love that you're having this but, reaction to it, though, because essentially, in my opinion this is what the people that made the remake also thought. They thought the way you think, because they were like, this movie has a lot of story that needs to be fleshed out. I mean, the remake is like two and a half hours. Mm. It's quite long. Yeah. I mean,
2: there is 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 a lot more
1: story.
0: This is a movie that takes place in a dance studio a dance school with one dancing scene in it. (laughs) (laughs) This is
2: my wife's number one concern. We walked out of it. She was like, less dancing than i expected
0: but also at the same time i was like the they do have a reason to kill him when he you know he says like i'm i'm blind i'm not deaf right yeah like, yeah yeah like yeah. he knows something about yeah uh, yeah wouldn't
2: that have been fun to on. think about more they,
0: well they they cover that i don't know what more you need from that you know i think that like the way agento is trying to tell this story and like the way it's like, you know, being set up as this thing that doesn't really make sense. And it's like, that's, that's purposefully. I don't even
2: want it to be. I don't need another 45 minutes. I think in three minutes you could have fixed a couple of these things. Well, I mean, feel like even in the same runtime, you could have shortened a couple of things that did not matter and give me just, I'm not saying I want a long preachy explanation for all of it. I'm not saying that it's like, what, what's frustrating about this to me is that I really liked it and it felt close. It didn't feel like this was something where he wasn't like, this does not feel like Halloween where they don't care about any deeper thoughts about this character. This felt like, he put so much work into building this world, and that he knew the connections, and then he just like either didn't or couldn't tell me at the end. Well, it I, felt like it was like ninety five percent of the way there, and it just. Well, like I, 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 wanna, little, I, wanna, I want to. Story.
1: I just want to provide a little context because I I don't I don't like capital L love Dario Argento. However, um, Dario Argento before kind of taking the helm and making movies. Uh, he wrote movies and one of the movies that he worked on is one of my favorite movies of all time. Once upon a time in the West. Mm -hmm. So if there's any question, it it is interesting your, your take here. And I don't completely disagree. I think I just liked the other aspects of the movie and was willing to kind of go with it, that it didn't bother me as much. However, it is a little odd that a guy that worked on a movie that I think has one of, I mean, it's probably one of my favorite scripts or just stories committed to film yeah. He also made a movie that is really light on plot and is actually more about like lighting <laughs> than it is about the story. I mean,
0: okay. I do, I do think like we we have to like kind of put it in the context of like you know this was like his first movie of this time. And, like the other movies that were being made, you know, like this is 1977, right? Like so many movies, especially, I think of the things you at you're asking for are things that have been like people have taken from Suspiria and like added more to it like i think that for like a movie that like that is like this and is so influential it's hard to Mm -hmm. say like what it could have had or should have had when it's like well like yeah other people have felt that way and like they've taken this movie and they added it and i think that like looking at art as like what it should be rather than what it is is like yeah, you can you like, can yeah.
2: just go watch I mean, Del Toro. You know what I mean? mean? Like, feels any... like, yeah. So this is this is exactly my takeaway from a lot of time talking to you guys is that if like I'm not supposed to ever expect more from anything. What? No. no, it that's, feels like because I feel like I've seen so many movies that do all of the things that when there's a movie that does like three of the things and then on the fourth one kind of gives up, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm only frustrated because I've seen other movies that did the thing. To me, it's more about like
1: contextualizing the movie in the time period that it's made where it's made and what are the other movies that, that are relevant to the genre at that point yeah. and, and it's almost and like to, if, you, if you watch a silent movie you're you're not going to be like well they should talk like why are they talking yeah it, <laughs> that's a very I, simplistic way to look at it but it, it, you know what i mean it is, like, it's, it's a
2: little unfair because like story had been physically invented by the 70s totally totally
1: but, but also, like, what what are they what are they watching and what are they trying to do at this point in time? Yeah, I feel I, like my yeah, I
0: mean, my, my issue with it is I just kind of feel that like the way like I, I get where you're coming from and it's fair. I just think that it's, like it's not the conversation to be having about a movie, especially something like Suspiria. Like, you can be disappointed. That's what like critics do. That's what like people who watch films. You have things you like. You complain and you sort of like you could like nitpick and stuff like that, but to, yeah, to like we, we have kind an hour to road. fill. But I mean, like that's there's so many other like more interesting things about like what the movie does than what it doesn't do that I just think that would be like is much more like stimulating to sort of like talk and break down than like uh like you know. But where- at the
1: same time, I think I think Alex is doing a service for anybody that hasn't seen the movie and is going to watch it after this because now the expectations are set lower for story Mm. and i kind of knew a little bit going into this that this is like a culty movie culty kind of midnight type movie um that i didn't really expect the story to deliver on
2: on a high level i i knew i I had a little bit okay let me let me let me pull these a few three threads together and then move on so um one is i do feel like in general i feel like a lot of like Uh, awkwardness and guilt about what the role is of talking about art um but i do feel like that conversation is way less important with dario agenda because he was a film critic so fuck him um number two (laughs) uh, number number two though uh and more important is like i feel like um i okay so i i like i loved the i still loved it and the I think my frustration with it is different because the story elements that are there are really good and rich and interesting. And so I wanted more of them in a way that I wouldn't if it had been a little dumber. Um, so that's part of the frustration. See, okay, but,
1: but I, I need I I need to let you know, though, where I came from it, from this movie, was that I, seeing the remake first yeah. made me feel like, oh, you, you know what, I'm glad that this is less... Because I did not really like... I mean, the re- I felt complicated about the remake, but one of the things that I definitely did not like about it is I felt like it had kind of taken uh, something maybe simple and made it a little pretentious. Like, they found a little too... like it, To me, especially having watched both of them now, what it feels like when they made the remake is they sat down, they watched the movie, and they were like, there's a lot here that we need to unpack. And then when they unpacked it, in the remake, I felt like I was less interested in it. And it also got rid of the visual um, look of the movie and kind of made it a more grounded, kind of normal horror thing that, and took away the the kind of storybook fantasy elements of it. Um, so that I just, I, di- I didn't appreciate it as much. So coming from the remake, I actually felt like the fact that it was a little lighter on story was actually kind of a breath of fresh air for me, as opposed well, to yeah, well, what you, I mean, it feels I'm like you kind of had the that opposite experience. Well, I I'm just contextualizing. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying feel. Before
2: you say anything else, I just want to like, I want to, because your like your point is that this is not the right conversation to be having, I feel like we shouldn't keep doing it for this long. So I what should say, we talk about?
0: I just wanted to say one last thing, sort of how where I came to this movie uh, with, and sort of like I I think that this is the type of movie that I think the first like what ten minutes of it, like through the first death scene, uh, could be a short film by itself that I would consider mm-hmm. a perfect film. Yeah. Uh, so like even everything- the close up on the heart. Yeah, that's the 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 idea of like a hurt floating in like black space just in the middle of this empty thing being stabbed. Yeah, the whole first 10 minutes of this movie, I think, uh, like I said, a 10 out of 10 perfect short film. So everything that comes after that never reaches the heights, I think, of the first 10 minutes of this movie.
1: I agree with that.
0: Uh, So I I think that is the type of thing that I was like, dude, I just got that opening scene. So everything else is just fucking gravy from here on out.
2: I just uh. want to live in this witch world. I just like love this <laughs> version of witches and witchcraft is so interesting. And every one of the things that they did, like the maggots is like such, such an interesting, creepy thing to be had. Like, Oh, sorry. It's oh, yeah. just raining maggots from the ceiling. Um, You know, cause there's witch shit going on. And like uh, this witch who's like decided to run this dance studio first. Like, so like, did she start this coven? Uh, because it was useful to help her start a world-class ballet studio? Or was she just like a witch who also really liked dance? And this was like, like, was it an efficient way to be witching or was the witchcraft I, helpful I for an efficient way to be dancing? Or was it like there was this like just a profit motive? Was she like step one, start a witch based ballet studio Step three profit. Like was that's
0: that's what's so great about the exposition scene is he's like, Look, she was a witch, she came here and started a school of occult in a dance studio, but then people got upset, so they dropped the occult thing, and now they're just (laughs) it's like when old companies used to do something like horrific and racist. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't do that anymore. We now just do this thing. Yeah, dude, Uh, he like like,
2: fell for the propaganda basically. What a (laughs) You're like we we well we used to manufacture mostly chemicals uh for killing uh for for killing people in wars and now we just focus on our meatball subs. That's yeah exactly. All, okay? Um
0: but yeah I mean I love that like just everything about the school from like the the way the outside of the building looks which is like a real fucking building and it's like it's yeah. so well shot and captured in this movie and then like the fact that like stuff like did you guys notice that the street the the um, academy is on is like escher street in italian or german nope. like no, i did some. not
1: see that no yeah
0: so like the like the way that this movie like people always talk about like the way the the overlook hotel and the shine mm-hmm. doesn't make Has, like impossible sense. geometry or whatever yeah, and yeah. like yeah The way this movie does that same thing, like the geometry of the Academy makes no sense at all. People go down hallways and things are like constantly changing about how things are connected to each other. Yeah, and uh, she
2: and, well, and the, like the big plot thing is her finding the secret witch door, and she's like, "Oh, they're not walking out the door. We just have to count the number of steps." And it's just the door at the end of the obvious hallway that's big and different, right?
0: Well, <laughs> I love when she's talking to the uh, like the headmistress of the school, and she's like, "I heard the girl say irises and secret," and the headmistress with like three giant irises painted right over her shoulder. It's like yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. We no, irises doesn't, doesn't mean
2: anything to name. Uh, iris could be a person's name who even knows but yeah like the way this movie
0: is shot in
2: that like yeah so let's talk about that it's like
0: slightly low and the like all the walls are incredibly high
2: so it just adds- every wall every building they're in not just the dance studio but also the other apartments they're in are like every wall has the most incredible wallpaper and and or mural design or Like, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a plain wall. Everything is, it's like, it could be blue velvet wall from floor to ceiling. Like, every surface in this movie is so interesting with texture and color and um, is vibrant and fascinating.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been 41 years or 43 years at this point since this movie came out. And, like, there's definitely, like, you can tell when directors are doing their, like, Suspiria homage. But still, no film Uh, looks Quite like this to this day, and a lot of that is because you know this is one of the last films to be processed in Technicolor. Uh, Oh,
2: because it was super saturated, I thought, and also the red that they use for blood is like very fingernail polish red, very watery. Ketchup? It's ketchup. Is it really ketchup? But I I don't. I don't know that it is. But I. I. I was
1: reading something where somebody was like kind of talking about his movies, and that he he called them like ketchup horror or something like that is just okay. a reference to the blood so I don't know how deep that goes
2: yeah it was it was a very um, well also it's a very like there's so much fucking red in this movie it's like oh, the yeah. reddest movie Um, and and the dance rooms are named after the three colors of the irises there's like a yellow dance room and a blue oh, room right, and, yeah, a, yeah. and a red room and I don't know if you guys know this but red room backwards is Mordor oh <laughs> it's spooky <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, super bright red. There's so much red everywhere. And, I want to you know, talk like, about a lighting
1: moment real quick that just made me laugh uh, yeah. and and is very like just this movie because like, let's say, if you had a fantastical movie and you were like, we want to do a bunch of like really weird lighting, um, I feel like one of the like kind of theories you would ascribe to it is like, this lighting is not real, right? Like it's not realism. Yeah. Um, the, the characters aren't literally experiencing this lighting. Um, right. however, there is a moment in the movie where, um, it's when, uh, Sarah, um, Sarah, and then what's the name of the, the main Susie. character? I forget her name. Susie. What was it? Susie. Susie. Yeah. So, so she falls asleep and then Sarah is in this room with the light on and she thinks she hears somebody outside And she turns the light off and and the room is lit as if it's being lit by like a normal light. She turns the light off and then there's like a second of darkness and then they just turn on a green light. Like no movie, even a movie with weird lighting would be like, yeah. And then we just raise the like, we'll just let them see that we're turning the green light on now. Uh Like
0: it's it's an odd choice to
1: me. The yeah. way, I
0: mean, most movies, like, most directors use light is, like, you know, red meets, means fire and passion. So, scenes that sure. are, like, a fiery, I'm going to use a lot of red. This movie yeah. is way more, like, this. colors don't really mean anything as much as they're meant to, like, this is green and then this is, like, if you're going to do a lot of red, you do a lot of blue and green right before and after it, right? So, it's, mm-hmm. like... The colors don't mean one specific Mm. thing as much as they're like in a greater conversation with like how they're making you feel. And like my favorite thing of lighting in this movie, I mean, like my completely for honest, no bits, no jokes thing is when they're all sleeping in the gym and they turn off the lights and it just goes super red. But my, my second favorite is a little bit after the green light thing you were saying with Sarah is when... She's being murdered, which I think is one of the most like horrifying secrets in the movie. Yeah, uh, but there's a scene when she first gets cut; she falls back into like a cabinet with two glass windows on it. And of course, she's flailing, so she hits both of them. Yeah, and yeah. red lights go on inside the cabin
1: uh-huh. when she touches
0: it, <laughs> and it's just like it's so insane. It makes no sense, but it just like this feeling of like the violence being and like the horror being like this light that is like everything you touch gets it. You know, it's just like it's such interesting use of that, and um,
2: Can, that can I ask you a question about, um, so, so this is a thing that I, I felt like I was noticing things, but I don't know what they mean. So like a real, um, film school moment here. So the, I was going to ask if the red means anything, which it doesn't exactly. Um, but, I also feel like we've talked a little bit about the music. I normally do not notice music in a movie and you guys are always telling me about how cool the music was and I did not notice it. Um, But in this, I like, I noticed the music early on, even before they were like yelling, which, which, but also like the score is like orchestral, but then with this like seventies, like Moog synthesizer kind of rock thing happening in it. That was super cool.
0: There's the Prague rock band did a bunch of scores back in the
2: day. Um, they're called Goblin. Goblin, mm-hmm. yeah, the name of the well, That's appropriate man, yeah. I like that. Um uh yeah, so I noticed the music, but I don't know what okay, so what's your next step when you notice music in a movie where you're like, and I know why that I noticed that or how it's important or why it's cool. I just was like kind of well, that's I mean, kind of a fun vibe.
0: With this movie, it to me it's like the combination like the the way like there's a shot very early on when uh Pat, the first woman to be murdered in the movie, when she's running through the words and it's like darkness all around her, this one spotlight and the music is just fucking blaring chaos with mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. these drums with a lot of reverb. And it's not so much that I'm like listening to it and being like, oh, this means this. It's the way it like it creates like a synesthesia almost effect when, like, the image and the music blend together to create, like, this feeling, you know what I mean? Like, that's what, to me, like, really good music, most of the time, you're not going to notice. And, like, to me, it's more about, like, thinking about how you use music to, like, like, I if you start to pay enough attention to it, like, you'll notice when you're watching kind of, like, a standard, normal movie, the way, like, the score is really trying to make you feel more emotions than like the acting deserves or the writing deserves. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. It's do replacing that. those things. Uh, and like the way, like I'm always aware of like when an action in an action movie, when there's like no music on a big action scene, the way it like makes the scene feel different, it feels more raw and real. And you can only hear like the the f- people hitting each other or whatever. And then with a film like this or, uh, you know, other kind of films that are just sort of more about like these like almost like tone poems that you're supposed to just sort of like take in the way the music to me is just like it's really driving the force and like letting the music like make scenes that it's just someone walking down a hallway, but it just makes it feel scarier inside your body, you know?
2: Uh, my favorite m- music moment in the whole thing is what I keep calling the um, the maggot party, which is where she's combing her hair, and then she looks at her comb, and there's some maggots on it. And then she looks up at the ceiling, and you zoom in, and you see a whole mess of maggots just covering the whole ceiling. A whole mess of them. As soon as you see, just a grip of maggots, and as soon as you see them, it starts going. <laughs> it's like really cool, dancey. Maggot music, and so it just felt like, and and with the crazy lighting, it felt like what he was trying to tell me was, hey, it's a maggot party.
0: Yeah, I mean, it (laughs) was indeed a maggot party. You know, the music was
1: from the maggots' perspective. Yes, exactly. That's what I was asking. Was it diuretic? Could they hear it inside their heads? I'm sure they could. Yeah, that was their their what they were all listening to, what they were jamming to.
2: Okay, other question um, visually is when she goes through the door at the end of the hallway and before she gets into the witch's den, there's like that middle room where you have to find the irises, the office, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, It is shot with a crazy lens.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, What
2: what is happening there? Because at first I was like, this is a weird look. Maybe the whole hallway is like that. But then she goes through the iris door, totally normal. So why is that one room get its own lens? What is that telling me?
0: I mean, I don't think that is just like just again the like, with the film like this. I think it's more of like it's it's just weird, dreamy logic, right? Like it's just a cool effect. I don't think he had. Yeah, a-
1: I, that's that's my reading of this movie too. Like yeah. it's it it a lot of it is weird, not just for weird sake, but I I think the, again I think the mistake they make with the remake is. They investigate those questions as if there are concrete answers, mm-hmm. whereas I actually feel like a lot of the choices in this movie are just kind of like, yeah, it'd be cool if we did that, right? Yeah, that would be yeah, cool.
2: It's, it sounds like what you're saying is that Argento was having fun, and the remake yes. forgot that. Yes, yeah. I, I
1: think I think everyone making this movie, with how I mean, it's you know, it's a horror movie, it's very scary or whatever. But also, it seems like these people are having a really good time, and I they're making a lot a of choices just Gen for quality sake. A if movie
2: like. or whatever, it's scary or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, and you also you think like so like if you look into like the kind of background of this movie, it's like Darion Gento is a guy who like legitimately believes in witches, right? He's um, <laughs> kind of a he's kind of a mystical guy. He, like, he was really interested in, like, sort of the occult and, like, this thing, like, sort of has sort of, like, a reverence for this. And it's, like, it's a mix of that. It's, like, a story. His girlfriend, who was an actress he had worked with in his previous films, it's, like, his grandma, her grandma had told her something like this happened to her. Like, she went to a special academy and thought it was witches so she left. Uh, Ah. So, it's, like it's like they didn't have any more to that for the story. There was just like a story she had heard from her grandma. So it's like you start there and then you like, you, he wanted it to be, like I said, like a cartoon. And he was trying to like, get like that, the, you know, the sort of Snow White and fairy tale logic. And I think that's why like, it's he's it's more of the type of storytelling when he's like, okay, so I want her to like get off a plane. She goes through the woods she gets to a weird place, right? Classic fairy tale right. stuff. So he like it yeah. literally just started with that. And I think yeah. a lot of the kind of storytelling that he is trying to do is just like trying to be as simple and dreamy as it can. And like uh that's that to me okay. is especially what makes like so Sarah's I, death scene. I want to
1: go back though to what to what Alex is, is asking about with like the lens in the like my from my perspective, something like that, it's not necessarily like has like a deep meaning so much as it's like, well, what is the character doing? The character is about to go inside of the the deeper witch realm or whatever. Mm. So it's almost like a through the looking glass kind of moment. Yeah. So like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, it's weird. because She's about to go weirder in the movie, but I don't know that it means anything specific beyond that yeah to me it's like
0: what makes like sarah's death so i mean the i could see people like laughing at the uh burbo wire like razor wire scene like how did she not see it but to me it's like that's the point like in a dream you wouldn't
2: in this movie so um her roommate go is uh uh going to be murdered and so her roommate is like scared she runs up into the creepy attic where the maggot party started um she, there's there's a murderer in the darkness and so she uh, locks herself in this attic room murderer is like actually i would say like pretty incompetently trying to pick the lock like he had a lot of time to get that door open and was so bad at it um but anyway so she's like oh he's about to get in so she climbs up to a window By stacking the suitcases small to big, not how I would do it, but it works, and she gets to the window, forces it open, jumps out, and it's still in the building, but it turns out the room she jumps into is just three feet deep of razor wire. Yeah, The whole floor is just a whole knot of razor wire, and then she struggles and bleeds and dies, and it is... I, I, if you laughed at that, I think you're a dick. That was crazy balls. I love it. Yeah, it's that was it's crazy, amazing. Man.
0: It's one of my favorite moments. But I just, I mean, like people being like, "How did she not see it?" Like calling that like a plot hole. Or something.
2: Well, no. If but you like, look down at it, like and you're like, "Well, it's weird. That it looks like razor wire, but that's not normally on the floor in this quantity." So I'm assuming it's not that. But to me, it's more a a weird red light in the building, so it's hard to see what things are.
0: It's weird, like dream thing. Like in a dream, you'll jump into something, and when you get there, it's razor wire. You know, it's like it's that like element too. I mean, like I, there's just so many interesting little stylistic things in this movie, down to like things that don't make sense. I love when she pours her wine. Which is so obviously lace. Like, I love how long it takes her to realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. when she pours the wine in the sink, it's like, I know, Alex, you don't drink, but pro tip, if you ever see wine that's, like, that thick and kind I of did, chunky, don't drink it. It's not good I wine. I did feel like uh, that.
2: I When she poured it out, I was like, that seems like maybe this wine is bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not a wine should, guy, but.
0: Wine should not do that if you pour it in a sink.
2: It should permanently <laughs> stay in the sink uh, yeah. on contact. <laughs> yeah uh it- i did gather that um i appreciate though the pro tip i also felt like uh that 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 her not getting it was very funny but i do think like because she's like they're forcing me to drink this glass of wine every night and then i immediately fall asleep and can't be awoken no matter how murdery the sounds around me are like i might put that together but i in that in that context but also maybe not i i always assume people are not drugging me that's my like normal well, way of g- when especially like at my Boarding, like if my dorm room, if I was like, Man, this soft serve machine makes me sleepy, I was like, It's probably because I'm taking 2,000 calories every night in my dessert.
0: There's an element to the movie that, again, that thing that I I really like is sort of unexplained, but this, like, uh, is everyone kind of under like some kind of charm or like mesmerism or something like that? Like, the, the these two characters kind of realize what's going on, but like, no one else seems aware of it. Well, that's what uh, I, I think. Like, is,
2: a, now we're getting into a part where I feel like you could very easily have explained that without ruining anything you've built. But, but yeah, I
0: mean, I, I I like that it's kind of like a like you can kind of take it however you want. Again, it goes into like you know the building doesn't make sense geographically. Like, it just it's how many people are in on it. The fact that no one thinks it's weird when like this is little boy with a bowl cut just hanging out constantly.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, there were so many things where I was like, I, I thought something was going to come back. And one of them was like, the guy who delivers food is, uh, she's like, he's really ugly. You can say that in front of him. He doesn't understand this language. And then every time somebody says something around him, he looks at you like he kind of understands. <laughs> I thought, sure, that was going to matter later. Oh, and it I did mean, not. he's just there to steal your lighter. That's his whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's on the lookout for was, was lighter. just a thief. That was his, the wrapping up of his storyline was, he is actually a thief. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, we should
0: we should definitely talk about like the the sort of like you know filming this on Technicolor, the like you, you, the have we discussed the way like uh, Italian cinema up till like the eighties, the way they did not do any like um, on set audio recording. Oh, uh,
2: we um was. It's at some point on the podcast, you mentioned that about a movie that was entirely redubbed for was it was it we were talking about uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, maybe? Yeah, um, I, mean, um, they do, I
0: mean, they did that on that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think I think I brought that up as a thing I'd watched and you guys and you, you talked about how they just had everyone speak in their their normal language, their their first language and then just dubbed it into Italian later.
0: Or English, or German, or whatever. I mean, yeah, or,
1: yeah. Or, yeah, and I mean, it It also applies to dubbing. I mean, it's like they have actors dub themselves, too. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It goes pretty deep. It's pretty weird. Why? Yeah, I, well, it's just in, it's... time in the West? It's so that they can play the soundtrack on set. Because uh, he had Ennio Morricone go ahead and make all the music for the movie before they started. And I would not be surprised if it's kind of the same story with this. Yeah. I there's, mean there's, So
2: the music is like getting the
1: actors into the mood. Well, it's no, like I normally mean, music is after, right? Like they yeah, film yeah. it, they write it, all that stuff. And then I mean, with these movies, I think the soundtrack is like the starting point.
0: There's actor there's filmmakers, you know, like the Cameron Crows or Wes Anderson who are kind of famous for like playing the music on the set, uh to, like get actors in the mood of like what the scene is. But like this is just the way all Italian films were made you just you did all dubbing and ad or it's just like the way you know audio is the type of thing that's like it's really important and it's like it is the thing when it's like it's very tough to get clean audio and oh they, yeah and, the thing the italian industry the whole thing was like fuck it it like it's gonna bother some people, but it's way cheaper to not get audio on the set. I
2: can see I can see that about how you'd have so much less work. You'd spend less time with somebody reaching down the back of your shirt with a wire, and you'd also have less time where a guy with headphones in the corner goes, plane, and then you all wait for ten minutes while a plane goes by. It seems like it saves you a lot of these headaches
0: yeah and it's like you know the way like old hollywood westerns before sound would like they would be shooting three four movies on one set at a time all uh, right because like it didn't matter because it sounds so, like with cheap italian stuff like you could do that kind of same stuff like get a lot of extra work out of it uh, I have a
2: dumb question based on this though that i was wondering while i was watching this movie so the movie is italian they're speaking italian she's american they're in germany I assumed that what was happening was the same way. Like, if this was an American movie and they're in Germany, they would just be speaking English with German accents, um, and we're supposed to like get that they would actually be in German, but we're hearing it in our natural language. This is what I want to know: is were they speaking Italian with German accents?
0: Well, I think that it's (laughs) an easy
2: thought. I have no idea if I would notice that or what that would sound like, but it's super interesting.
0: Well, I was like, there you can get an English dub of this movie that like has that because the lead actress is an american so she was speaking english on the set uh so that you can get one with her dubbing that like this movie would just be in english rather than being italian um it's the same experience Uh um, so
2: wait is this a spaghetti horror no or is that a, <laughs> no. is that offensive to say
0: no no sp- uh spaghetti i uh, mean so the Spaghetti Western is a specific genre. This would be more.
2: Well, so I've always, I always thought when I was a kid, when someone said spaghetti Western, I thought it was because it was like a lot of uh, plots over our, like interacting in complicated ways, like no, mapping out like spaghetti. They in, it, it and, then I, and then later I'm like, oh, they're just calling Italian people spaghetti in kind of a racist way. I bet it was. I bet it was. A, it's one of those terms that I probably
1: started as somewhat offensive and now is just part of the way we talk about. I mean, so, there's not like an alternate right, right. term you can use for that. So I don't but even know how to describe that.
0: It's also like, sort of like, you know, like the Dario Argento came from what's called J- um, Jelala, J- Jello filmmaking, which oh, is the sure, like yeah. Italian word for yellow. So well, if, I was going
2: to say, if, but following the spaghetti Western logic, I was going to assume that was like a Midwestern mom film. Yeah. For yeah.
0: <laughs> the, so the films of a uh, Bill Cosby, you know, yellow uh, <laughs> filmmaking, but it's, it's like a uh, old pulpy whodunits that have a lot of like, like black glove killer cliches and stuff like that. All those books in Italy used to be published with yellow spines. So okay. like that type of story became like jello storytelling. Right. Uh, so like, that's what he like, Cut his like teeth on, and that's kind of like the movement that he got sort of famous for. So, like this, it would be considered like a Jello horror film, or like a just Italian horror, you know.
2: According uh, to Wikipedia, some people call westerns made in Spain paella westerns. Huh, that's fun. Yeah, it is fun just saying the name of a food, and then the people from there, the, the people from there, like. Um, I, I I see how this would get racist real fast, but for. Western Europe, it feels fine, and paella yep. is a fun word to say. Yeah, uh, this, uh,
1: I was actually thinking. Of, it's weird that that we even got to this because um, I was thinking about you know, Goblin. The Goblin soundtrack for for this is so great, and it made me think about um, all those like German prog rock bands like Can and and Noy. Mm-hmm. and I was, and the the name sure. for that genre of music is Krautrock. And oh. it made me think about like, wait, that is literally an offensive term for german yes. people yes and then i was looking into like the etymology of it and it's just like there's it's completely absent of that there's like no it's just like yep yeah, that's what we call
2: it anyways moving on oh, nothing so else in, to say in about context, it people do recognize it as being problematic and in this context they're just like no that's the way it is well i think again
1: like i think what happens is this starts as like an offensive term and then essentially people just get used to it and they just like they just drop that like it sounds mm-hmm. like british people described it that way and german people were like eh that's kind of a lame name for it but then it got really big in britain so now it's just yeah, and- i don't know i
2: guess it's just gravy well, by, by the way in britain when they do it it's called uh, fish and chips western
0: <laughs> i mean like so like the way like the reason why you know it's like spaghetti western so is like you know, they were making Westerns in the States, and all of a sudden, these Italian filmmakers started making like low budget, more sort of like edgy. You know, like they, they originally started out before that, like just straight up cheap knockoffs of American Westerns, right? That's like, uh... we can make them in Italy for really cheap, and we can send them to the States and make a bunch of money off it. So it was like, you know, these fucking, like, we make, you know, America and the film industry here makes big Westerns, and all of a sudden, these Italian guys are doing it for like pennies on the dollar, and like also selling a lot of tickets. It was like it must have originally been somewhat of wow, a, like, a derogatory way to like pitch down these types of movies. You know, in
1: Japan they called them macaroni
2: westerns.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I uh, I like that it's got more specificity. I think than spaghetti. Yeah, I don't I like know for that some reason too. macaroni and macaroni is a more fun word. Um, I'm try I'm trying to decide what my if I made a western and someone was insulting me, what it would be? I mean, it would probably be spaghetti. Still, I mean, that's still like a staple for sure. Yeah, western. Like um, uh, I'd take a cake western, or or really, actually, what it would be would be like uh, a lot of snacks standing over the sink western.
0: Mm, that's good. I think
2: that's how we'd do it. Um, I have one more very important question to wrap up on uh, Suspiria, which is all this witching and murder seems bad. But does this produce good ballet? Because it might be worth it. That's my question. Is this like a whiplash sort of situation mm. where we're supposed to feel like or like a Gordon Ramsay of the ballet world? Is this one where we're like, look, it's an unconventional way to coach children, but you can't argue with the results. Yeah, it's interesting. It This is
1: a much more interesting question for the remake, which I actually feel like kind of works this in a little bit. Oh, it does. To it the actually movie. covers this. But in this one, it feels like they they have like almost zero interest in no, ballet.
2: They, yeah, the the actual ballet classes seem very haphazard. Where someone just is like running around. Like, somebody will just walk in, and be like, "Get rid of this blind piano player. He he needs to die." And like, well, we don't need him. Yeah. Um, or just like, all right, and now do some exercises. Anyway. Yeah, it lacked the rigor that I would have expected. It's like a mafia front
1: like kind of deal where they don't really (laughs) care if you know it's a a criminal thing.
2: This is what I was asking. And I think that at the beginning was, did these witches love dance or was this like a good way to run a witch studio? And and I think it's more of a front. It's less that the the black queen is dedicated to the art of dance and more just like a convenient front for having a lot of girls come in. And then also if they go missing, you're like, well, they ran away from the intense dancing we do. I want. I think we should watch the. I think in like a year we
1: should watch the remake, and because I think you might sure. like it more, and I, I I think that would just be interesting.
2: Is it well regarded? So would I feel dumb if I liked it? No, no people people
1: people like it, and and okay. I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, I I was kind of in the middle on it. There were things that annoyed me about it. I think I liked the original uh, a hair better. Well, I'd probably say more than a hair better. Probably like a star better. Um, but. It is interesting. It's interesting when someone takes a movie like this and is like, I think there's
2: actually a lot of deep themes to to
1: Well, that's to unpack. such a
2: better way to make remakes where they're like, ah, I love what they did and I just want to take it a little further versus the like, hey, this worked. Let's just do that again.
1: Yeah, but it, it, there is something inherently weird about sitting down with a movie like this with all this like very cool lighting and color and just style and then being like, yeah, we gotta get rid of that. We're gonna take we're gonna replace that with just kind of like muted colors and like grounded well, realistic tone. I'm like,
2: couldn't you just remake it and do like a lot of different cool uh, style and then yeah, also a add a right. bit of substance? Well, I, mean, I think I would have preferred that, yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of I mean what I've always heard, like I haven't seen the remake, but kind of the line I've always heard is that like they're purposely trying to mute the colors to be like in conversation with the original is kind of like mm. what the director was going for. By, I like, love
2: like, a movie being in conversation when the other person can't say no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I also think that like this like this movie is like Suspiria is one of, is one of those movies that is like, yeah, I get why someone would remake it because the name is well known, but it's also one of those movies that has been remade like every six years since it came out. Uh, it's just they're called different things. You know, it's mm, like the way dirty mm. dancing is constantly ripped off and people just, like, remake that movie, but they call it something else.
2: Right, they uh, call it Die Hard.
0: Yeah, but hey, Die Hard's another great example of, like, there's a Die Hard remake every five years. It's just called Under Siege or something.
2: Right, uh, right. Uh, I, I, I just, like, I I really enjoyed this. I had a very good time with this movie. Um, But the thing about the substance where I feel like you, it's not just that I want a movie with more plot. It's that the, the specific way he is doing witches and this, like, the occult, which you, men- you mentioned that he, like, was really into the occult. I just haven't seen a cult quite like this. And so I kind of want to see more of, like, what his brain thinks witchcraft is.
0: Well, this is the first film of the Three Mothers trilogy. Uh, oh, yeah, there's other more. movies. Yeah, there's definitely there's more, two more. mothers. In- well, there's uh, Inferno and Mother of Tears. And then, I mean, he also, like did a lot of horror movies that deal with similar themes after this. Like there's a lot more Dario Argento if you want.
2: I uh, mean, I specifically love the idea of monsters with a business front. I think that's a great concept. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I would watch more movies of different groups that are like the, you know, we're, well, so we're trolls and then we run this bridge to make money. But like, we try to hide the fact that, you know, like that would be a natural for, for trolls. You know, they're like also yeah, in yeah. the bridge business.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote a, a little movie called Troll Booth, which is exactly that whole that whole concept.
2: <laughs> troll Booth is what you would call it. That's so yep, good. Troll right. it's, we yeah, Troll need, Booth. We need to uh, do a quick uh, Meet Buddy segment and then wrap things up for the week. So stick around for that. It is worth it, I promise. If that music puts you in the mood... For a maggot party, you're not in luck. This is Meat Buddy time. No maggots allowed. Um, I did promise you it would be worth it. But remember, as always, our motto, no refunds. So we have uh, so many wonderful Meat Buddies who keep the show able to be uh, limping down the tracks. And this week we have a new Meat Buddy to celebrate. Allison from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Uh, It apparently means firefly, if you're curious. Um, Wauwatosa Allison says this. Dear Alex, etc., that's a little insulting for you guys. You can handle. It.
1: I love it. No, that's um, ex- I, that's exactly where I want to be.
2: So I have been listening to Read and Weep since relatively close to the beginning. So I figure uh, I have to keep giving you money until about eleven years after you finally end the podcast, which is just already. I'm just so sold. I that is a great logic. I think because one of the things that keeps me from ending it every day is like, well, then all the Patreon people disappear. But if you all committed to eleven years of supporting me doing nothing, it would be very tempting. Um, I know that's kind of like what Mitch McConnell wants you to think that I would do, but anyway, um, so Allison continues. Um, uh, but that had me thinking, well, what if Alex continues this forever, which is definitely a threat. I'm slightly older than him. I'll never be able to repay him for all the back years of listening. So, um, I, I appreciate that thought anyway. And, um, you probably, you probably will outlive me. That seems fair. Um, anyway, Allison says I had an amusing to me thought that could serve as a jumping off point for a meat buddy discussion. A lot of charities slash nonprofits I give money to ask me to include them in my estate planning. The idea of a podcast asking people to include them in their estate planning is uh, very funny to me. Uh, Sound guy says motorcycle. I don't know if you guys could hear that. That's why
0: We should just ADO and read this podcast every week. (laughs) Don't uh, anyway, worry about that kind of All stuff right, i
2: got distracted um a podcast of the state of planning i would absolutely love to attend a very serious old-timey reading of a will uh in which the deceased announces a large donation to a podcast network as part of their estate um so my discussion question is this which deceased characters in cinema or fiction left a podcast money sorry left a podcast money in their estate which characters which podcasts oh my god <laughs> so i know it is very specific <laughs> Uh, Allison gave us an example to help you out so Thomas J from my girl left money to wow in the world the podcast of slightly nerdy elementary schoolers everywhere what do you think does that make sense
1: yeah no I get it I I get I get the thought experiment here it's it is so it is crazy
2: specific what a creative question yes um I feel like any if you took any part of that and ran with it enough to fill this time I'd be fine with it yeah um I do. I guess maybe we could also just like put out the word like I don't know how to be in your estate planning, but you're welcome to include that. Um, Yeah, I feel like all of our listeners are not close to death, but if you are. Or just like doing risky behaviors on a regular basis, feel free to include us in your will. That would be just imagine how fucking weird that episode would be. And then decide. I got got my first
1: I, I got one if we're if we're ready to get into this. Yeah, let's do it. So Darth Vader. Uh huh and he leaves his money to Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience.
2: <laughs> if you think all, about yeah, it... everybody says about Joe Rogan is he is the gateway to the dark side. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Well, I mean, and and you know
0: how Vader is always like, I'm just
1: asking questions, man. <laughs>
0: you know, I'm just like... I just... I'm just out here just, you know, checking it out, you know. You know,
1: Joe Rogan could like podcast for the Empire, but then like still kind of make it seem like he's in the middle, you know, that's totally what he could do.
2: Oh, man. Joe Rogan interviewing the Emperor and just being like, just giving him a platform. Just want to see what he has to say about the world. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just want to see he he, he has interesting ideas, you know.
0: Yeah. Just letting the Emperor come on and talk about Leo's emails and, uh, (laughs) you know, the sort of how the Rebel Alliance is actually a you know a fascist organization, all that right, kind of right, stuff, you know?
1: yeah,
0: how, yeah, how how um how Han Solo and Chewbacca are both drinking adrenochrome all the time and uh-huh. uh huh <laughs> yeah, and he just good. listens
1: to it, doesn't challenge it, no yeah, pushing yeah. back, He's just oh, kind of
0: sitting it,
2: there. That's, that's smart I don't know anything about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever, hey Vader, have you ever, uh, you ever taken mushrooms and hung out in an isolation chamber for twelve hours? <laughs> Fucking blows your mine,
2: you ever do that uh that that force choking you ever do that during sex, just check him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a rogan thing, that was just a fun thought no, um, no that's, yeah that that'll work. it's not like uh, I, I don't listen to him, I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah that's what uh, <laughs> I assume none, Anthony isn't listening to him either. this is all just from like what we know about him uh from clips and such um yeah, that's a very good, very good one, hunter, almost too good to follow now, I don't feel like. <laughs> I feel like this sounded, it sounded impossible, and then you nailed it on the first try, and now there's a lot more pressure for Anthony to come up with one. Notice oh. how I just said Anthony.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I was just trying to think of, like, who would be, like, the biggest, like, WTF fan. Like, who just really wants to listen to, like, you know, like um, trying to think of a, a dead character. That's tough. It's, I was just think of people who are dead in movies for some reason, you know? Yeah.
2: Uh, well, yeah, um, I, you know, so so like, for example, if we we're going to take uh, the Black Queen from this story and then she sits down with with Mark and he's like, so who are you guys? No, no. <laughs> who are your witches? Who are your favorite witches? I mean, like- probably my favorite murderer. Right. That'd probably be hers. Right. Oh, that would be good. I, mean, I haven't listened to that show either, but I uh, just the idea of like w- a witch going on and delighting in true crime or really any criminal would be fun on that show. Yeah. I think that's probably I haven't listened to the show, but I assume one of the things they're missing is like murderers as guests. So maybe you get like Anthony Hopkins or something to come on and and talk about his cannibalism. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> that's the character's name. Hannibal. Yes. Yes. Hannibal. Know, Anthony You're
0: Hopkins there. has like six or seven bodies on him. Have you ever noticed? You can't see him because they put makeup on, but he's got like a teardrop tattoo under his left eye. You know, he's got, uh, never see Anthony Hopkins without his shirt on because he's just filled with like Russian prison tats, just all <laughs> the way up. There you know three spires on his back but like, you know what prison he served time in it's fucking hardcore
2: well, when i can't remember a character's name i just use the title of the film but it's just so long i can't imagine his mur- he's a murderer and his name is silence of lambs it's just a little too long
0: <laughs> I really should have said red dragon shorter title
2: it is shorter title also i could have gone with hannibal uh, but i forgot about it um yeah i like that i it's tr- hard trying to figure out what podcast I want this to be for the right number of people to have gotten it, but also I know enough about it, right? Like the mm-hmm. broad enough reference here. I mean, um, I know I do-
0: Th- Thanos was a huge fan of You Must Remember This. He's <laughs> a fan of like Hollywood Golden Age history. He really loves Oscar drama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's good. I a, guess I, on any like long form interview show is also very fun.
1: Honestly, I'm kind of already past the point of trying for this to be clever. And I'm just thinking like, all right, so Bambi's mom, Radio Lab.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like actually yeah, they 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 go deep on like what the hunt what hunting does to the ecology of the yeah, forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you even made it work. <laughs> I can I, yeah, well, yeah, let's do that. You do the you do the crazy part. You do the the word nonsense, the word salad, and I'll like I'll try to retcon it. All right, I'm trying to think of another really uh, another great... Well, you were talking about The Daily t- a couple weeks ago when you were building universes. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so, uh...
1: All right, what about King Kong? He dies. Yeah. Yes, King Kong oh, That dies. would have been a better one for Joe Rogan, though, now that I think about it. <laughs> King Kong's definitely more of a Joe Rogue head. I mean,
0: it's...
2: No, Darth Vader Joe Rogan was the perfect answer to this Yeah, and the rest yeah, because it- he's literally fascist Yeah,
0: exactly. yeah. I mean it's the podcast isn't around anymore, but I know like um, uh, a lot of characters in in the movies who are a fan of like Chris Leah's cancelled podcast you know, I'm thinking about like Kevin Bacon's <laughs> character from that movie where he played a pedophile and got killed at the end uh, he was a big fan of that one uh, it's not a
2: podcast, but I I do remember that episode of the Tonight Show where Scar came on and Jimmy Fallon just tussled his hair mm. and told him what a great job he was going to do running all of the things that the light touches. Oh, that's yeah. It's a Lion King reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I get it. A few more
0: days, if we can vote Scar out, you know. I just uh, remember to vote. This be
2: prepared. We have having
0: that. If you haven't yet, drop off your ballot. Don't mail it in because Man,
2: I, I appreciate that. And I I you're totally right to say that, but I've avoided saying that on anything because I've just like fucking Instagram. I voted three weeks ago. And Instagram, every time I open it, shows me a thing that says to vote in like nine places. And I just want the internet everywhere I go, somebody is telling me to vote. And I just want to let the internet know I did it. Leave me the fuck alone. I can't again. It's not allowed. Like Dude.
1: I'm going through that right now with a local with the person that's running against the congressman in my district in Arkansas. Um, It's this lady who basically has no shot of winning. Uh But I'm going to vote for her because I don't like the person that I got. Um, There's no way I'm going to vote for him. However, she knows that I'm going to vote for her. I literally it wasn't even a a robo text. It was like somebody that worked for her campaign was actually texting me. Right. But the thing is, her campaign has reached out to me now every single day, and every time I respond, I'm like, "Please talk to somebody else. Like, if you guys are going to have any shot, yeah. like I yeah. am a lock. Okay, yeah. you can't just keep <laughs> working on me because it makes you feel good that I'm on board with you. You got to talk to somebody else because I'm looking yeah. at i looking at a up, shot here really, and it's you're not
2: like, good. You're the only one in Arkansas voting for. So they're like, whenever they get a new volunteer, they're like, okay, just talk to Hunter. Cause he's because he's on your he's, side. He's into it.
0: <laughs> uh, are, you, you are you sure it's not the same volunteer and you're not like in the opening of like romantic comedy?
1: Maybe no. that's what it is. Maybe it's just somebody
2: there. Like, I like talking to this guy. He's yes, he's like, think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, we we did say this on the other podcast, though, um, this week, but I, w- I will say, because we also have a lot of international listeners, you don't have a chance to vote on this, but vote on something. That's what I want you to do this week. If you can't vote in the American election, find like a city that is digging a new subway and has a contest to name their tunnel boring machines. Find a, a, a zoo that just gave birth to a new koala, and you can name it. Find something on the internet to vote for this week, because there's something out there, I promise. Yeah. Just have the fun of enfranchisement on some way and if you've already voted for for president and the rest of it you can find a tunnel boring machine as well just go find something else to vote for there's a prom king somewhere where they didn't password protect the high school website go vote on that find something to vote on it's it's worth it
1: also if you can't find anything to vote on there's also just youtube comments you know you could just go on a youtube video (laughs)
2: and just kind of unload on it videos for people who are trying their hardest yeah just use your power somewhat go to reddit thumb vote down every story no matter no, what people it is. read
1: that stuff people read the, you, if, if you're if you're looking to just spew some like no well fuck this you gotta go to youtube because nobody reads the youtube comments anymore everyone's past it so it's just oh, like okay. a free zone to just kind of unload
2: but doesn't your up and down on your voting affect which like videos would get shown to other people no, 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 no. I'm not saying...
1: I, I, I'm not even saying vote. I'm just saying unload your, your thoughts oh, just if you comment. need to. Just,
2: just, just go find a 12-year-old kid streaming video games and tell them what you really think. Yeah. And don't worry. <laughs> they're not reading it. Nobody reads those. It's not good to read them. But it helps with engagement, so it's good. Yeah, it, you exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> all thing, all you yeah. Well, here's what I know, is that if you've been listening since the beginning, like Allison has, you know this is about your money's worth for a Meat Buddy segment. Like, this is this is actually not that we've done a lot worse, but I mean, still no refunds. But like, we could have done a lot worse with this, Allison. So I hope you had a good time. Um, also, I'm sure you've already voted because you are in Wisconsin, and there they stopped counting votes today. I think they stopped counting votes weeks before the election. Um, so yeah, you, you're probably <laughs> working on that. Um, anyway, we really appreciate you becoming a meat buddy, and we thank everyone who has become a meat buddy and want. And if you want, if you want a segment where you can come up with the weirdest game that anyone ever has uh please become. you can go to go to our patreon go to metreon.com and you can help keep us yeah, limping you know, down. i
0: how, how much alex does someone have to pay for you to pit something inside yourself
2: yeah <laughs> how much for that i did, somebody did sponsor um paid 25 dollars for me to eat a pound of jelly beans during a podcast a couple years ago um, And you and I have eaten some weird uh, candy from different countries. We did some Australian candy yeah, and stuff yeah. together. So the answer is not that much. Although it's from the way you said it. I don't think you meant that direction. Well, I meant kind of, I was just kind of curious
0: where the ground floor is. The, you know, try to see where we can find that ceiling.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like wh- when is there going to be a read it and weep only fans, you know, just like go <laughs> all the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah that's an interesting idea is that yeah, what we people need want this um the, <laughs> all right here's what we'll do uh when you sign up for patreon uh at metreon.com um you can you can select in your you can give us a note when you sign up whether you're for or against the only fans and then we'll decide look, yes. so you could, you all, if you want to get me to not do it you also have to become a meat buddy and then we'll see which one wins
0: and honestly i think like you know, a, a big part of the problem here is Alex being uncomfortable with sending out his own body. So if you want to send Alex some photos of like yourself or friends or random people you see online, just sort of, you know, like, throw him some links, you know?
2: I like this. I The other problem is, I, I think, Hunter, is I don't think an OnlyFans would, be, would get me enough people. But if it was called like fans, but also people who are just curious, like that would yeah. be enough for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. Or if it was, like, it's like onlyhaters.com, would that maybe get a few people in it? I, oh my I god, that people, I mean, what a great idea. Only haters. Hate,
0: people who hate <laughs> you so much, they want to pay to see you naked. I, exactly. uh, Only haters
2: just,
1: just blew me away. <laughs> that is such a genius idea. Give me money every month, and then you can send me like mean messages and shit. Yeah, like, totally. That sounds
2: tell awesome. Me I,
0: tell me I suck. Uh, do it. Come on. <laughs>
2: Uh well I'll see let's check out and see if only haters.com is available. Dude. Because that's that's the key. I gotta buy it before all of our fans jump like in there. And gold mine. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, we used to do a thing where anytime somebody mentioned uh a possible idea for a website, I would buy it on the air. Um and now I feel like I'm it's like the end of the show and people really want it to wrap up. Um, So I don't know that we're going to have time for the whole thing. Um, But what I can tell you is that uh, OnlyHaters.com was registered in 2017. And uh, you can bid on it, but it is not currently available. Um, You could get OnlyHaters.net or OnlyHaters.me or .shop or .health. All right, hear
0: me out, hear me out, hear me out. What is the opposite of like Cameo? Like, what if instead of paying oh, celebrities to like record messages for you, you could pay Michael Ian Black fifty bucks to tell him to go fuck himself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I like that a lot. Opposite, I could probably do it.
0: The opposite is have celebrities sign up. Just hey, give us a hundred bucks, and you can tell uh, Scott Kane to go. You know, eat a. Bag of dicks.
2: <laughs> I I thought when you were going to say the uh, the opposite of a cameo, it would be just not famous people. So it's like you can just no, it's walk still, on the app and you still fifty cents and someone you've never heard of wishes your wife happy birthday.
0: No, it's still celebrities. Uh, I don't you know, know. tell the entire cast of Josie Shore. You know, read them your novel for a hundred dollars. You know, just <laughs> something like just whatever you want. Waste some celebrities' time.
2: All right, that's I think now. Allison definitely got your money for you. She definitely got her money for donating. So you can donate metreon.com, And we appreciate everybody who has uh, supported our show. That is it for our show this week. We'll be back again next week with more slightly condescending film school. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about the 1992 film Bram Stoker's. Stokes. I said it again. Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> he strokes the fire, doesn't stroke it. Um, Bram Drack. Stoker's Dracula. Uh, this is the Keanu one featuring Keanu Reeves and scary old man. Um, this is a little bit late for a spooky film. It's going to be a post Halloween spookiness. It's also going to be a pretty weird week because the country will be on fire. But um, we are going to be doing it because Hunter, this is your choice because you are doing mm-hmm. your own personal November Keanu Reeves movie marathon.
1: Yeah. So they, they pushed back my Cyberpunk 2077 And instead of just, you know, stewing about it, I decided to do a Keanu Reeves film festival for myself in order to help me get to whenever it is. December 10th, I think is what they pushed it back to, which makes me sad. We're going
2: to start. We're going to do Bram Stoker's Dracula, but you can watch any of his myriad terrific films for Keanu Vember. That is uh, the thing that you can do on your own without us. But join us for that one in particular, as we help Hunter wait for his video game that will never, ever come out. Um, if you have any feedback for us, send us an email, podcast at read com. Or if you want to pay to put something inside me, email us. Um, sponsorships are always a little bit open, um, just like me. All right. And thank you so much for hanging out, uh, Hunter. It's great to have yeah. you back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and you. Anthony Lopez, such a pleasure, as always.
0: A lot of fun.
2: Everybody, good luck surviving. We'll talk to you next week, if the world still exists. Goodbye. Pssh. Bye. <laughs>